0: Welcome to our YouTube channel as you take time to listen to God's Word today we believe and we pray that you will be inspired and your faith will be strengthened and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family I want to start my sermon with this verse Colossians chapter 3 let me set some context so that you will know where we are headed this morning are you ready great Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. It'll come on the screen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. If it's really, really small, I apologize. This week I designed it and it's my fault. Okay, (laughs) But if you have your Bibles with you as well, you can join with me. Shall we read it together? 1, 2, 3, go. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. All right, we're going to try that one more time. I hope you got it. Let's try that one more time. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The title of my sermon this morning is, Change Your Headlines. Change Your Headlines. Now don't you think that we are filled with headlines in our life every day, right? You don't have to go far for headlines. It starts with home right it starts with home Um, our uh, a headline from our home this morning I think early morning was we broke uh, a coffee cup coffee cup favorite coffee cup of my wife was broken I don't know why they are clapping but I didn't tell them to clap but they're clapping that, that's the headline. It was my fault. I broke it. Um, accidentally. Accidentally. I want to make that clear. It was accidental. It was right next to my bed and I just tossed over and I it fell. It fell on the floor. So, yeah. Many people have a lot of headlines, right? What, is your head, what has been your headline this month? What has been your headline this month? You know, uh, for the past two years, we've been only living on headlines. Do you know that? Since 2019, 20, 21, those you know, three years of COVID, we've been living just on headlines. We've been just living on Arokiya on, Setu app, right? What is that app? Is it? Am I saying it right? Arokiya Setu, right? Constantly monitoring if COVID is doing its job correctly, constantly monitoring if COVID is as fast as it it says it is, constantly monitoring and seeing that are we going to be okay? Constantly. Our life was filled with headlines, mysterious disease. We never heard of a coronavirus ever. And it was sweeping across the world. People were dying. People were thrown out of jobs. Who know? Who knew a virus would keep you working from home for more than two and a half years? We never knew it was possible. Who knew that children and students would actually write online exams in their life? Who knew? It was illegal to write exams with books open. In my days, before virus, this is like AC and BC, right? Before Corona, after Corona. It used to be before Christ, after Christ. Now it's before Corona, after Corona. And, and, and life has changed so much. We follow too many headlines. There was racial and political tensions happening. There's a lot of religious tension which is our headline. Many people are spending hours and hours and hours uh, watching news. In fact, that is also a kind of addiction, if I may point that out. Because we are so focused in just the headline. Eventually, covid they said COVID is leaving. We were all happy looking at the headline that COVID is leaving. And then again, the headlines came back saying COVID is coming back. And all the students were like, yes, thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. And finally, they said the COVID has left. And now we see some headlines cropping up here and there saying that we might head into another wave. So many headlines feel negative. It makes everything feel negative. But I want to share a tool with you this morning that can change the negativity that is coming out of your headlines. You have the headlines that is external from newspapers, from magazines, from Whatsapp, from Whatsapp statuses we become depressed reading the headlines of other people also hello you spend half an hour on Instagram or Facebook or Whatsapp and nobody would say like I wouldn't put on my Whatsapp status or Instagram that I broke a cup would I? like I would say I had a great day today the church was brilliant now I would only put the highlights Not the things that went wrong. Now this is what everybody is doing. So as you sit and go through the highlights and headlines and you just read that and then you are depressed in like 10 minutes of going through other people's life, thinking everybody is having a great time in this world except for me. Why Lord am I suffering? Right? This is what it does to us you have external headlines that is affecting us mentally and also now you have internal headlines can I talk a little bit about the internal headlines A lot of times we have internal headlines oh you're not gonna make it you think you're the smartest in your class you think you're gonna do great things but no I know you and it's gonna be a disaster many of us carry those kind of headlines about ourselves we have put so many labels, so many tags of headlines on our selves. But I want to help you change that. So the title of my sermon is Change Your Headlines. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. You can't always change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective about your circumstance you cannot always change your circumstance in other words what is happening externally what is happening externally you have no control over but what is happening internally you have control you have the power to allow what goes inside what stays inside and what is released out of you somebody say amen You can you cannot always change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. You cannot control how people see or look at you or talk about you. But you can decide how you look at yourself and how you talk about yourself. So we're gonna go through a couple of examples from the Bible. Are you with me, church? Are you ready? couple of examples from the Bible. Now Moses sent two men to survey the land of Canaan. They are supposed to go and look at the land, the soil conditions, see who lives there. Joshua and Caleb, they went there. They looked at the same land, but they gave two reports. They looked at the same land, but they gave two reports. Same circumstance, but two different Perspectives. One was saying, God is with us, we can take over the land, God has released it to us. God has released it to us. It's the land of milk and honey, rich with blessings for all. And there was another guy next to him who did not see any of this. He saw mighty men who looked like giants. And he said, we would look like grasshoppers in front of them. He only saw giants, and because he saw giants, he turned his identity into a grasshopper. Many of us need to shift our headlines, shift our perspective, because you are not called to live a grasshopper mentality. You are not called to live a grasshopper mentality. Many times you think the enemy is crippling me. That's his job. His job is to cripple you, but at the same time, we have somebody who is appointed full-time, paid by heaven. He's not expecting anything from us, and his full-time job is to empower us, and his name is the Holy Spirit, who is all the more powerful than the enemy. So, what are you allowing on the inside determines how you look at yourself and the world around you. You can either see the giants or you, so that you will become a grasshopper, or you look at the giants as grasshoppers, so you will be a giant in the eyes of God. Where are you looking? Numbers 13:32, it said, They said the land we explore devours those living in it. This is the report that he's giving. Hey, you said we are coming to the promised land, but actually the land that we are exploring, the land will eat us. We will die. If we step in, we will die. I want to take you to another example. Apostle Paul. He's going, his goal is to preach in Rome. So he is a missional guy, going and planting churches, preaching the gospel everywhere. And he says, I want to preach to Rome. But you know what the Roman government did? They arrested him. They beat him. They took him forcefully into Rome and they locked him up. And they chained him and the guards were kept to make sure that he doesn't leave. And as he was chained and as he was beaten up and as he was inside the prison, they formed a committee that will discuss and determine when Paul will be beheaded. Now, in this situation, if I was Paul, or or if we had Times of Rome, newspaper in Rome, the headlines would be like this. Apostle Paul awaits likely execution. Christianity is doomed. This is a potential headline that needs to come out. If there was the Times of Rome, they would write, Apostle Paul wrongly imprisoned and sues the Roman government for tens and millions of dollars. That could be a potential reason. There could be a blog post that would have come out. Seven reasons why Christianity will die in the end of first century. They would write an article about it there will be a podcast or a YouTube message released saying, the rise and fall of Apostle Paul. But the good news is that our life is not defined by someone else's highlight or our circumstance. We don't set our mind on the earthly things, but we set our mind on the things that are above. And when we set our minds on the things that are above, what happens on the earthly realm, it does not affect us. It does not control us. It has no authority over us. It cannot rule us. It cannot defeat us. It cannot kill us. Because we set our minds on the things that are above. Psychologist has a term for this, when you go to a psychologist and you tell him that you're going through a lot of negativity in your life, a lot of problems in life and you, and you need some help and you open up to them, they'll take you through a therapy called cognitive reframing, cognitive reframing. Am I right sister? Yes? You give me 10 marks? Okay, thank you. Cognitive reframing. Now, cognitive reframing is shifting your mindset to look at a situation or a relationship from a positive perspective. Now, what I am teaching you this morning is beyond cognitive reframing. Because if you go to a psychologist or a therapist, they'll definitely help you this way. They say, okay, this is the situation that you're going through. Let me help you reframe your thoughts. In other words, let me help you shift your focus onto something positive that is happening in your life right now so that you can feel better. But the Holy Spirit is not a cognitive reframing therapist in our life. Our Holy Spirit is much more than that. In fact, He's not helping us not only to shift our mindset, but He's helping us to go one step above it. And the one step above is that we don't just decide how we feel, we decide where we put our faith when we go through things. Are you with me? Yes. As children of God... Our cognitive reframing is not based on our feeling but with the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, it's based on where we place our faith, where we place our faith. The therapist will tell you, no matter what has happened in your life, you cannot control what has happened in the past, you cannot control what has happened in the present, you cannot control what is going to happen in the future but you can decide how or what it means to you that's the job of the therapist in a cognitive reframing situation they'll tell you but you can change how it means to you you can decide the meaning of the situation but this is so much more what we have with the Holy Spirit is that we don't determine our own meaning we put faith where we cannot understand things and by faith, the Lord will help us determine the outcome through the situation. Which means that we don't distract ourselves from the problem. We say, oh, that's the problem? Okay, let me walk into it. You with me? This is where the difference between cognitive reframing and the Holy Spirit reframing. Cognitive reframing will work initially to make you feel better. That's great. If it's working for you, practice that, it's fine. But as spiritual people, let's go a little bit more beyond that, one step more above that, which means that we say that, yes, I know this was affected, I know I was wounded. I know there are some, some things that is carrying, uh, you know, that, I, that I'm carrying, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to look at my wound. I'm going to look at the better hand so that I will feel good. But I'm going to say, by faith, I'm going to look at the wound and I'm going to say, I will be healed in the name of Jesus. Now that's a Holy Spirit faith-filled reframing. That's what God's word will do to you. When you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life in such a way, you will see that you will change your headlines. Automatically, the headlines that you have in your mind will change. This is what Paul is doing. He does not buy into any negative potential news that I read out to you all the horrible situation that is awaiting and there is a potential execution that is about to come on Paul but this is Paul's perspective and he writes this in Philippians chapter 1 verse 12 to 14 after he's been through this he's writing or while he's going through his writing now I want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel in other words He's saying, I like my pain Because this pain advances the gospel This pain brings breakthrough into, my, into the kingdom of God I'm happy about the fact that I'm in chains The disciples, the, the church in the Philippines, the church in the Colossians Are probably praying deeply They're probably declaring war room prayer for him to be released, they're probably singing, break every chain, break every chain, Lord, bring Paul out. But Paul is coolly writing, he's sending an email, just imagine with me. He's sending an email and he's saying, Brothers and sisters, it's okay, chill out. I'm actually, I'm actually fine. Because this is helping the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. In other words, he's saying, now the prisoners know that I stand for Christ. If I was outside the prison, they would never know. They would have thought I'm just a rebel. But now they clearly know that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul writes his own headlines. Now this is, this is Paul's headline. They said Christianity is going to end in the 1st BC. Now Paul is writing, Roman plan backfires. Apostle Paul preaches to the prisoners. Romans thought that Paul was their prisoner but Paul knows that he owns the prison as long as he's inside come on somebody the Romans thought that he's a prisoner inside the prison but Paul's Paul knows that he owns the prison as long as he stays inside the prison which means that Paul's saying hey Prisonministry.com. Here we go. I've been roaming here and there outside all the time. I just came to know there are so many people who are yet to hear the gospel inside the prison. Keep me inside guys. I've got work to do. Can you pray such prayers? Are you brave enough and daring enough And faith-filled enough to pray saying, Lord, keep me in this problem and keep me in this situation. Because because of this situation, I am meeting some people in my life that I've never met. And I want to share the gospel and good news with them. So Lord, keep me until I'm done. Oh. Lord, keep me in the hospital because there are 20 beds in this ward and I need to send the gospel to all the 20 beds so don't discharge me God until the gospel goes to all the 20 beds that I'm staying in the hospital for. Anybody pray that prayer? Write your own headlines. Change your headlines. Amen. Paul saw every single thing as... opportunity a very depressed man went to see the pastor he was super super depressed and he told pastor life is crazy for me right now and I'm very depressed so the pastor said okay sit down let's talk what is happening he said I am struggling in my marriage my marriage is broken down it's in pieces I've got nothing left he said okay then he said My finances is in a wreck. My financial situation is extremely, extremely bad. I just don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. He said, wow, okay. And finally, I am losing my faith. I just can't hold on anymore. So the pastor listened to this and then he wanted to make sure that he heard it right. So he checked back with him saying, So you are saying that your wife divorced you and she's not speaking to you anymore and that your marriage is totally lost? The man said, oh, no, no, no. My wife is still with me. We are still talking. But it's just not working out. Oh, okay. Let me check again. So you are saying your financial problem is because you lost your job and you're unable to work anymore? He said, no, 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 no. I have my job. I am getting paid, but it's just really, really hard. Oh, okay. And the pastor checks again. So let me check one more time. So you're saying that you lost all faith in God and you believe that God doesn't not exist anymore? Oh, no, no, no. I never said that. I still come to your church. I sit in the second row. I worship. I know all the songs. In fact, I'm learning some songs, but it's just really, really hard. The pastor smiled and he said your challenges are just opportunities for your life to get better because when you talk about it you're sounding like as if you lost your wife but what I see is that you have a marriage still and you both want to work it out that's why you're fighting if you're still fighting it's a lively marriage and all the married men said They will not say Amen, because they are clever and wise men. They look at the jobs. You say you have big financial crisis. And I thought the way you put it across, I thought you don't have any job anymore, but but I can see that you're still employed, which means that God can do miracles in your life if you can put your finances in order your challenge is still an opportunity. You are saying, you sounded like as if you have no faith in God and you don't believe in God anymore, but you still have some faith left inside you if you allow the Holy Spirit to give you some more perspective and help you work through. The man was surprised. He left much better than he came because his perspective shifted instead of saying my marriage is totally broken he changed his headline saying I still have a wife and I'm gonna make things right instead of saying my finances is totally a wreck he said I still have a job and I'm with the Word of God I'm gonna put things in order instead of saying I don't know if God is there anymore he rephrased it saying I know God is there I might have a little bit of faith left in me but I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to work on my behalf what is your headline what is your headline real challenges real opportunities devil has a headline but God has a different headline try to look for the beauty in the midst of your pain try to look for God in the midst of your trouble try to hear his gentle voice in the midst of everything you are going through we don't set our, th- our mind on earthly things but we set our mind on the things that are above you may not able to change your circumstance but with the help of the Holy Spirit you can change your perspective you can change your heart you can look at it differently I wrote some headlines for our church. Do you wanna hear it? KCC started, started small with 70 chairs and three people, but God led it to 150 and beyond. teenagers going through troubles but by the grace of god and through word the healing process has begun amen, amen. hurting woman cries out to god but she finally found freedom and forgiveness in the name of jesus newcomers said yes to take next steps and they thought serving will change their life, change uh, others' life or help others. But ended up, it ended up changing their own life. Life group members diagnosed with cancer, but as close friends trusted God for a miracle and prayed and stood together for healing. There are so many headlines that I can keep going on and on that we can write. But the devil would say financial problems will hit you and this will be the end but we will write a headline saying this financial problem is an opportunity to increase my faith that's my headline it is possible 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 9 and 16 and 18 it says we hard We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. We are perplexed but we are not in despair. We are persecuted but we are not abandoned. We are struck down but we are not destroyed. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Verse 18. Can we read it together? so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen and that is called my church faith faith since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal can you stand with me church we have an eternal god we live to call into eternal life change your headlines don't write your headlines based on the things that you see because what you see is temporary but what you don't see is eternal I had a beautiful conversation with a couple last Sunday well in fact she's here Lufina and her husband Jay and my goodness God has changed their headline God has touched their life they came for Easter evening show they felt the presence of God they came last week and received the message scandalous grace and the entire community rejected them because of one choice that they made in life. An entire community rejected them, but it, last Sunday, God spoke to them and said, "You are accepted, you are loved, you are restored." And they have made a commitment to be part of this church and this community and this family, and we're going to stand with them, and we're going to pray with them. Jesus did not die for an institution. He died for a relationship. Amen. I'm sad to see that Christianity is institutionalized. We don't worship institutions. Don't ever worship King City Church or give any respect to the institution or an organization because all honor and power and glory belongs to God alone. Amen. Belongs to God alone. Jesus. He's all about relationship And he's all about Second, third, four, five Two hundred, two million chances Again and again Because you're his sons and daughters I feel sorry for Thomas Not the Thomas who came from preach The Thomas in the Bible Because forever he was called The doubting Thomas He doubted once But he was named, the Doubting Thomas. That became his headline. Right? One time. One time the man took. We never call Peter the betrayer. Do we? But Thomas is always called, the Doubting Thomas. One moment of weakness. One moment of situation. People will write a headline over your life. Don't allow that headline to determine who you are in Christ. Because that's not who you are. That's not who you are.